Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fred's Power Hour here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Over there in Miami, Ohio, Jeff Middleton of Flames Nation is here. Jeff, good evening, sir. How are you? Doing well. It's been a hot minute since we've had one of these, so I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be back. Hey, we got, and folks, we're taping this on a Tuesday night. Preds are currently playing against the Canucks, but look. A lot of hockey going on, and we make the time when we can. So we're we're not going to talk about the Canucks uh, when folks are listening to this on Wednesday morning. You're not going to get uh, Canucks uh, Preds coverage here. But look, there's a lot of games, and there will be more games for us to talk about. But we can uh, talk about the first eight here, and it's a nice round, even number, like the the first eight games for for the Preds, which is kind of crazy that the uh, NHL season's already on uh, almost ten games in for. For most teams, and uh, unfortunately for Jeff Middleton, uh, the Boston Bruins, big fans of this very uh, show, listened uh, <laughs> to uh, their uh, supposed demise, and were like, "Not so fast, my friend. That uh, that it's not happening on our watch." Thanks for the motivation. And they set out to prove me wrong. They look really good early, so we'll see how that goes for the rest of the year. We shall. Um, but don't forget, folks, if you're watching us on YouTube, first, thank you. Uh, hit that subscribe button, like button, and all that good stuff. Uh, comment below, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, so we're over 1.4 thousand uh, subs on the YouTube channel. Uh, keep helping us grow that each and every day. Um, you can also listen to us each and every week on this very show. So if you're a Nashville Predators fan and this is your first time checking out the podcast, thank you for checking out today's episode of the program. We do this each and every week on Tuesday nights, generally speaking. So look out for that on your podcast player feed with Brian Baston, who will be here uh, in a little bit, uh, along with Jeff Middleton. So some of the best Preds conversation and coverage uh, each and every week here on Chase Thomas Podcast. You can email us at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. 
And uh, you can also find us anywhere you get your podcast apps and leave us a five-star rating and write us a review on why you like Preds Power Hour on this very show each and every week. Um, Jeff, first thing I want to ask you, who is to blame? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Scoring issues for the Preds. Who is to blame in your estimation for Nashville's scoring issues? And do you think it can be fixed uh, with the current roster? Um, well, I'm not sure that there's anyone like individually I would blame. I, I mean, I think that, you know, we've kind of seen this Andrew Burnett system kind of take its toll on the, on the Preds, you know, toll is probably the wrong word there, but they, you know, looking at the heat maps on, on the, the first eight games, you can kind of see a trend and that's that, you know, over the last few years we've seen a, a Peter Laviolette system that emphasized shots from the point that emphasized you know bodies in front primarily defense in counterattacks um, which worked to varying degrees of success and then John Hines uh, was kind of the same thing not a I mean I mean not a lot of offense even being generated in that system whereas now Andrew Burnett is focusing on you know, moving the puck through the middle of the ice, uh, you know, pushing it out wide and then getting shots from every high high danger area imaginable. You know, there's so many shots from the slot. It's 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 that's where the Preds are getting most of their, you know, their goals from. And, you know, they're they're 10th in expected goals for per 60 out of the entire NHL, but they're 28th in goals for per 60 which you know that margin between what they're generating and what they're actually scoring is huge it's you know mm-hmm. 18 spots worth of of teams um but yeah i'm not sure that there's anyone really you know to blame i would say that philip forsberg's not scoring as much as he probably should be um you know early on this year we've seen a lot of you know high danger shots from him a lot of stuff from the power play that he probably should score on um he's he's had the puck you know so much that you know everyone it's it's hard to believe that he hasn't scored as much as he probably should um and then of course you know roman yossi he, he, he hasn't really scored other than the overtime winner uh last game um you know ryan o'reilly's kind of taken a step forward you see while these guys you know while philip forsberg and roman yossi haven't been scoring you know you've seen kind of the 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 guys like ryan o'reilly and the big one is probably colton sissons who mm. you know should, who has they've taken this kind of step forward and you know Colton Sissons he has a goal tonight against the Canucks to to tie to tie the game at one um, mm. they're winning two to one currently as we as we speak um, but yeah I mean there's three guys with four goals O'Reilly Sissons and Tommy Novak he's been solid um, but there's only six guys on the team with more than two goals and you know we haven't really seen a lot from Luke Evangelista in the goal scoring department. Um, Gustav Nyquist, uh, you know, not expecting him to score a ton of goals, but he hasn't done that. Um, you know, Jakob Trenin hasn't gotten on the board yet. He doesn't even have a point, which is kind of nuts considering the kind of chances that he's generated. Um, Cody Glass hasn't scored. He's hurt, um, which we'll talk about. And, you know, probably the biggest one that I think of is, is Philip Tomasino. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't lived up to what, Andrew Brunette has needed him to be. So, you know, while there there are scoring problems, I would say, um, but I'm not sure that it's really 
about one person, I would say that Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi are the guys you look to to score those goals that they're not getting. Um, so if I were to name names, that would who it would be. But as that would be who who it is. But you know, as those guys aren't scoring, there are other guys that have kind of stepped up in that department. Do you think it's something that gets better as the season goes along, or do you think this is just something that Preds fans are going to have to get used to? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, you know, I've talked about this before, but I think that, you know, the system, I don't think people really, you know, I don't want to say understand it, but how these teams play is so much more important than the tangible results nine games into the season. You know, obviously mm. the the tangible results are important, but you look, you look at the Flames, right? The Flames are a mess. Mm. The, they And it's not necessarily because of their system, but they're turning pucks over in the middle of the ice. They're, they're making these errors. Their big-name players aren't performing well at all. The analytics don't support the, support the idea that they're – you know, their big time players are are performing at a level that they should be. Whereas the Preds, they have these systems. I mean, and the Flames are like two, two, six and one now because of that. And the Preds, on the other hand, have these guys who are playing well. I mean, most of their guys are playing well. Like I said, you know, they're, they're generating the 10th highest expected goals for per 60 minutes in the entire NHL. They're just not, you know, getting that back and in, into the back of the net so i think you know i've written about this before it's it's you know a lot of focusing more on uh the kind of the way that they play instead of how like how the results or how what's happening is happening on the ice you know andrew brunette like if this were a john Hines system i'd say be concerned because mm. <clears throat> because <clears throat> sorry because the the way that they played in that system, there wasn't a lot of high danger chances being generated and there weren't a lot of goals being scored. That kind of matches up. If you're not getting the high danger chances, then you're not going to score. That's just kind of yeah. how the NHL game works. But with this Brunette system, you're seeing so many high danger chances and lots of high expected goal shots. The probability that the pucks are going to start going in is so much higher. So you have less to be worried about if you're worried about, you know, Philip Forsberg not scoring goals or, or yeah. Roman Yossi not scoring goals or or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I think that, you know, nine games is is it's, you know, almost two handfuls, but it's it's still very early. There's 82 games to be played and, and things are bound to happen over the course of a hockey season. And, you know, this system right now is showing that there's more, you know, there's more to be to to be seen from this team in terms of the goal scoring department. What do you think happens when uh, Shane and Glass come back for this team? Um, that's actually an interesting question because you know I, you know Chase as well as anybody. I'm not the biggest Luke Shen fan in the world. Tell I me more. That, uh, I'm I not familiar that... with like if you're <laughs> telling me you're not the biggest Luke Shen fan, then you're gonna have to explain to me who the biggest Evan Rodriguez fan on this very program <laughs> is, because I feel like that's a name I've heard too. Exactly. I think that, you know, I think one of the, the funniest, funniest, I'd, one of the, the most telling revelations from this season was the fact that Luke Shen was, oh, wow. Oh, boy. 
Apologies, everyone. This is we have a we have a, a pirate Arr. that has invaded, invaded our, our podcast. This podcast is rated R for Brian Bastin. Howdy! Guess where I just came from? I mean, I, I there the possibilities the are endless. The mall. Yeah, when you've got when you've got two girls and they say that you have to dress up for Halloween. Here we go. Hey, I'm not even, I don't even have the wig on. Good dad, man. There you go. There you go. Yeah, look, yeah, th- that works. There. How are you seeing it? What, uh, wearing a, uh, an eye patch? Is it messing with your depth perception? Is it messing? Oh, with absolutely. The yeah. But uh, uh, funnily enough, it's I also uh, I scratched my cornea over the weekend, so I was wearing oh, no. it from necessity for a little bit. But oh, wait, yeah, is this not a? Th- this is actually uh, uh, an issue. So you turned into a costume. Is that what's happening here? Exactly. Yes, I did not have this co- any of it any of this costume twenty four hours ago. <laughs> I like it. Purposed. Some of it's from the women's section, but let's. I want to hear more about about Shannon Glass there. I want because I know that you're getting ready to say something really good about Luke Shen, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you joined at the right time. We were just talking about me being me and my relationship to Luke Shen on the Preds, and you and your relationship to Evan Rodriguez. So, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> I heard that. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so now that now that the gang is here, uh, mm. basically, I you know what happens when they return. I would say, I think the the most telling revelation of this season so far uh, has been the the decline. The Luke Shen plays one game and is then like considered to be the seventh defenseman. He was you know it went from let's sign Luke Shen to be the bodyguard for Roman Yossi and then watch him get torched against the Tampa Bay lightning. And then they're like, ah, I think this is not the right idea. Um, do, do you have makeup on under that eye? Or is that I do? Your... <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. You gotta keep, keep talking hockey, man. I had sorry, a sorry, sorry. I'm getting distracted. I got a lot of, I got a lot of sensory things happening right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that, you know, I think, Right now, we're seeing uh, Dante Fabro, you know, kind of prove himself. Uh, you know, I loved his game in preseason. I thought that he was one of the best defensemen on the Preds in preseason, if not the best defenseman on the Preds, or at least the most consistent. Um, you know, he has a goal tonight, which it, you know, perfect, perfect segue into that. But you know, he's 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 looked really good, and I think that he's been able to kind of jump in and like seamlessly and play with Roman Yossi on that top pair. Um, and kind of bounce around if if needed if need be he's you know he's a he's a a good defenseman despite what some people might say he's a good defenseman I think that he's worth it long term instead of you know having Luke Shen you know having that experiment try and work trying to force it to work um, as for Cody Glass that's the more I'd say that's the more interesting one just because you know. He hasn't necessarily looked bad. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't really found a reason to complain about him or to, to, you know, understand why anyone would complain about him. I thought he's, you know, he's he hasn't put up the amount of points that I think or goals that I think a lot of people would expect him to at this point. But, you know, some of that, that's not his fault. Um, you know, Samuel Fagimo, he's he's looked solid with the Preds in the, in the few games that he's played. Um, Liam Foodie hasn't looked bad. Um, you know, he's only played a game, but he's, you know, I think that he deserves, you know, more of a shot than just a couple, a couple games. But I think the, the big name is, you know, once again, Philip Tomasino, I think, what do they do? I think what they do with him is, is kind of the big question mark when, when glass returns from injury, because there are a lot of guys that are playing better than Tomasino 
at this point. And, you know, I'd argue that you need to give Tomasino more of a chance, but I'm not an NHL coach. I'm not Andrew Brunette. So we'll just have to see what happens there. But I think that there's, you know, there's going to be some roster turnover. We'll see a couple guys move down or moved out of the lineup. Um, you know, there's Michael McCarron's probably not going to get much playing time when Cody Glass comes back either. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to to kind of see what the plan is there because there are a lot of moving parts with different players and, and you know, some depending on what guys need playing time at certain points. But um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting. I think that I think that the answer there would just be that there's going to be a fair amount of roster turn, turnover and a, a, some of it some fans might not be a huge fan of. But well, it seems like there's a disconnect or maybe not a disconnect, but there is a, a lot of interest from Preds media where I'm listening to different shows and their perspective on it. And it seems like whether or not to wait on Phil Tomasino is a big question uh, for this group. And if he's going to be able to get the time that you're talking about here to make it all work. And uh, I just think, Brian, wouldn't you say that he should have the time? Speaking of what Jeff's saying here, where it's like, what, what are you, what do you have to lose by letting him work out the kinks on the ice? I would say that if you were asking this question last year, year before, anytime in the last three to four years, I might err more on the side of, you know, he's had plenty of time, so on and so forth, that, you know, maybe it's time to move on and see, give other guys a chance. But I'm going to be honest with you. What better time is there to take an extended look at one of your, you know, former high round picks? Mm. I mean, again, this team has been super fun to watch, but I mean, they're, you know, they're 500 right now. I mean, even they're tied right now in the game. So, you know, speaking of who had 500 before this year, we're almost there. And by almost, I mean like six months, but Hey, we're off to a good start. (laughs) If everyone remains healthy, this is a 500 Preds team. Uh, I'm feeling good about it. I'm begging you not to talk about injury and and healthiness because Nashville has been very lucky uh, looking at some of these other teams, but, but no, but I mean, I think that Phil Tomsino again, like, yes, I don't, I don't, see reason to panic over a healthy scratch or two especially this early in the season they're still trying to figure things out i mean again this is you know andrew brunette has what he's got less than 10 for most of his players 10 games to look at and to evaluate uh you know even us nerds the stats boys we don't usually start looking at those numbers until about 20 games because you know you can never you can never tell i mean players go on 10 you look at you know you know bill forsberg in february a few years back like yeah, having a hot streak of like eight or nine games or having a down streak of nine or ten games doesn't really define the season. And I don't think, you know, you got you have Tomasino. He's still on a, uh, on a contract where he's waiver exempt. You give him some shots. You put him in the lineup against different teams with different line mates. They're doing plenty of shuffling. And if not, you spend him down to Milwaukee. I don't think there's much of a decision to be made as far as his future yet, because why? I mean, you've this is... You've got time to evaluate. You know, there's always the deadline if you're really serious about moving him, but you know, there's nobody, I can't really say that there's even Luke Shen, like I'd still put him back into the lineup for, you know, I wouldn't be, he wouldn't be a consistent, healthy scratch because you got to know what you have and and who's going to come in. Some of these guys might take a little longer, you know, some might learn quick. So I think with Philip Tomasino, you give him a chance. Um, he's been consistent. He got, you know, in what he's done so far. And if he makes it like, if he makes it to the next level, fine, but Nashville doesn't need him, him to be a superstar right now. And that's, that's okay. I also think that, you know, I don't think he's looked bad. I think that that there's, you know, there's plays that, you know, as much as I love my sweet analytics and my numbers and all my favorite, you know, stats, I, I 
I think there's things that, you know, obviously that they don't pick up at this point in, in, in their development. And some of the stuff that Philip Tomasino has done just hasn't been, it's, it's not able to be logged in an, you know, expected goal category or, a, you know, I think that he's been really solid in transition. Uh, I think that his speed has played perfectly into this brunette system. Um, and I think that they need to look more into that. Um, I think that he's been really solid, like in the in the battles along the wall. I think that you know, in a couple of the goals that the Preds have scored, that they've you know they haven't. Philip Tomasino hasn't gotten an assist, but I think he's been a, a kind of a catalyst for that to even happen. Um, obviously, you'd like to see him, you know, generate more offense, you know, expected goals, stuff like that. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's all super characteristic of that's a, that's a super like you know a characteristic of how he's played uh th thus far I, I think that i think it might be a little over exaggerated and i'm i think that you know he, he needs to take a, he needs to you know take a step forward on that offensive expected goal scoring potential category but i don't think he's been like abysmal by any means i he's also, also wonder too uh i mean if he's not a first round pick in 2019, how is everyone viewing him right now? Like if he's a fifth rounder, is he getting this much of a look? Is he getting this much of a benefit of the doubt? Like how much is his draft position still a factor for both of y'all? I would say for him, part of it is, yeah, you could say that that having the first round, you know, title i guess for for himself carries expect different expectations but i've always kind of found that it's not it's not quite as severe as it is when you you know you're talking about a college football player coming out in the first round something like that you know there's especially mm. because it takes time you know you have to factor in that that you know some guys don't don't start playing as early as tomasino did you know he's mm. played for two different head coaches already he was drafted by one that he you know didn't get to play for um but there's also the fact that you know he his announcement you know we found out that he was going to be putting playing a lot more, you know, minutes in Nashville, you know, in part just because he was planned on being the Kyle Turris replacement. You know, mm -hmm. that was kind of what was going on before the pandemic. And then when that happened, kind of everything got slowed down a little bit. But, you know, so there there is more expectation because, you know, I know for a fact that John Hines was a huge Philip Tomasino fan. I mean, was from before he started coaching, he was a big fan of what his game had. And, you know, this is a young kid. Again, he, he's drafted in 2019. Uh, you know, he was born in 2001, which is just, it just kills me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this is a kid that's played for these two different head coaches. You know, he's he's played his, he's over 100 games in the NHL, you know. And so, yes, there is that pressure to start producing and stuff. But, again, Nashville doesn't need him to be a world beater right now. Uh, you know, if he can, if he can shore up his game defensively, if he can show that he can, you know, work both ends of the ice and be responsible. The scoring will come. I mean, the scoring is just now coming for this team. Period. So, patience, I think, is fine because like, there's not a, there's not a rush on really anybody on this team. Yeah, and I think that like last year, you know, we saw like in his first year, he's 20 years old. He at 20 years old, he played 76 NHL games and scored 32 points. He was over. He scored over 10 goals, and that was in 11 and a half minutes of ice time. And then last year. He had 15 and a half minutes of ice time and improved his scoring. He went from, he played only 31 games after he was sent inexplicably, in my opinion, to the NHL, um, AHL. or to the AHL, to the AHL, not to the NHL, uh, to the, to the AHL played well down there, kind of 
fought his way to get back up, which was, you know, it was a little kind of frustrating for that process to take place. But he went from, you know, he went from 32 points in 76 games to 80, 18 points in 31 games. And, and then this year, he's back to 11 minutes and 41 seconds of average ice time, which, you know, it's nine games in. But still, I think that, you know, at some point, I, I at some point, I need to see him get an extended opportunity and i i don't think that he's done that just yet i think that he has a lot of attributes that can be really useful in the system and i think that you know he's it's not that he hasn't been given a fair shake because at, at some point the onus is on him to start you know proving that he deserves a shot but also you know he didn't at what point does the 76 games and and you know an improvement in scoring despite your line mates not being very good for most of those games. What, at what point does that come into play? Because it just doesn't feel like he's, you know, it's not the benefit of the doubt that he is, but it's more like he's, you know, it's just, it takes a little extra for him. It feels like, and that's, it's kind of what we saw for Ellie Tolvin and too. I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it up now. Like I, I think that it sucks and, and I'm, I'm worried that if he, if he doesn't get, if he gets the Ellie Tolvin in treatment for whatever reason, that that's going to be a problem. Uh, I think that that's gonna that that's gonna bite him in the butt, and uh, that's hard to hard to say. But you know, he we have to remember that he's still only 22 years old. I think anybody calling for his head at this point is overreacting. He's not 26. He's not 27. He's not even 25. He's 22 years old. He's barely legal drinking age. So let's just calm down and, and hopefully that he can get the, the opportunities that I think that he's deserved after his, you know, performances over the last couple of seasons at his age. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, we'll see what happens. Tomasino. I feel like we're going to talk about him more and more as the season goes on, goes along. I think he'll be a subject of uh, this very show uh, for the remainder of this year and probably years to come. Uh, Brian winner yeah. from the last two weeks through eight games in the Preds young season. Who has been the biggest winner for you? Um, well, again, you know me. I always preach about sample size and having enough games to really kind of settle on. An, a, a no, throw it out. No sample oh, size. We, we're throwing them out that. right now. I'm going to say the big winner from the last two weeks is is Andrew Brunette, man. Like, oh, I, I, I've seen it multiple times on Twitter throughout so far this season. That's like, I don't know what this team is going to do or whatever, but this team is fun. And it is fun. I mean, if you look at the look at the lines from tonight against Vancouver, I mean, there's not a single like. I mean, even the third line of like uh, Sissons and Trennan, like even that's not like a grinder like check it out line. Like there's skill on every single line on that forward group, and that's just be still my beating heart because that just rules. I mean, they're 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 no longer a slow the game down. Uh, you know, muddy everybody up. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, the, the defense has not quite come up yet and the scoring took some time to get going. But if you're Andrew Burnett, you've got to feel pretty good about the way the fan base feels, you know, um, the way that the players are, are taking these on. I mean, this isn't a team that is, they're losing games, but they're not losing every game the same way. You know, it's, it's, there's lots to learn and you can definitely tell there's a lot of growing pains, but I mean, except for the Edmonton game, most of them have been pretty fun to watch and they've been pretty competitive. You know, part of that is UC Soros and things like that. But 
I mean, if you're Andrew Burnett, you got to be pretty happy with, you know, he would never say that. He would never say that he was happy, you know, after 10 games, but you got to be. I mean, shoot, if I'm Sean Henry, I think yeah, I feel pretty good about the hire that you made. I like it. On the negative side, though, Jeff, who has been the biggest loser through eight games for the Preds? Um, that's kind of a tough one. Um, there, there are a couple that come to mind. Um, Phil Thomas, you know, being one of them, I think. Um, I think that's hard to avoid. Um, I think, you know, um, you want to hear mine? Yeah, yeah. And I, I will include myself actually on this, but all the Cole Smith haters. Oh, this early in the season. You, every time that you're starting to see less and less, every time Cole Smith pops up on the first line in practice, people they're not they're not quite as reacting the same way as they were. Now, granted, again, two goals, whatever, but he's played very well. Um, yeah, and I you think, know, one I think the... no, I, I think part of it's also the Cole Smith hate. I would say didn't come from the fact that he was bad. I think I I think I talked about that last year when it was happening. Was like, you know, he's he, he's a solid like fourth line guy he can defend and the numbers showed that like i think that that was you know there wasn't excellent you know. on the on the penalty kill yeah, but we exactly. also do have to be honest with ourselves too is that like we also weren't we weren't especially praising him his his name either i do i know we both did no. make the argument about he deserves a little better but you know we're, I, I just i want to be honest i think that everybody in this city or out who's watching this you know this team who's not named cole smith probably had lower expectations for him than than what he may have had for himself and i'm i'm pretty glad to see him to see him you know thriving and doing pretty well i mean he's doing excellent on offense again one of the best penalty killers on the team i i there's nothing to complain about really yeah and i think you know i think part of the hate also came from the fact that it felt like he could do no wrong you know it was like <laughs> a it was like a you know a reverse rock over maldi yeah, I, I think like the the there was a section of of predators, like you know staff and media and and even you know some fans that that were kind of like you know he's he's what this team needs. He's like the he's the guy. He's the guy. He's a, you know Dan High note. He's a two game player. He's he's everything you need. Like at what point do we start acknowledging that he's you know not this you know, incredible, fantastic, you know, forward that can do everything. And he's just great everywhere. I mean, he, he, what he's took him like how long to score his first goal of the year. Like, I think that like at some point it gets old and, and that's where it kind of came from was like, you know, there's, there's so many big problems with that team last year. And instead of focusing on that or, or, kind of, you know, asking questions about that or, or tr like, it was all like, oh my God, Cole Smith, he's the greatest. He's just so good. He's kills penalties. He hits people. He's gritty. Like, I just, I can't stand that. <laughs> and, you know, again, like I, I said, really like, I think, I think he, I think he was good, like for, for a fourth liner, for a third or fourth line guy, I think he was perfectly capable last year. But the idea that he was like, you know, one of the best players on the team and should be higher in the lineup or whatever the case was. I just was like, okay, let's chill out a little bit. But we can also know. say this to close this out. 
players that uh, that that Cole Smith has played, who, who, players that he's played more games than them. Sorry, my my English is bad, but Cole Smith has played in 77 games. That is more than Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, Tommy Novak, Philip Forsberg, Matthias Ekholm, Nino Niederreiter, Tanner Janot, Ryan Johansson, Yusuf Parson, Alex Carrier, Mark Jankowski, Kiefer Sherwood, and so on and so forth. There's only five guys who have played more games than Cole Smith over the last two seasons. And you know what? Yes, we may not have always agreed to him being in the lineup at certain times, but he's done it, and that's more than than 90% of the, remain, the remainder of this team can say. So show up to work, do your job, and things go tend to go okay. So props to Cole Smith. We were all, you know, varying levels of wrong. <laughs> uh, hey, but, but that's a good you know, thing. I just, if you're a fan, good hey, to you want to be wrong about Cole Smith. You want to be wrong about stuff like I'll this. I'll say I don't want to be right. I, I, with something like that, I don't want to be right. No matter who it is, I don't want yeah. to be right. I can, I can, na- I can name a couple players I wanted to be right about, but other than that, yeah. Okay. Um, I think there's a couple I know. Uh, final thing, we wrap up here on this uh, week's edition of Preds Power Hour. Uh, of course not, but maybe I want to throw this out there for right. uh, a segment idea for you guys. So, of course not, but maybe in regards to the Preds that you're thinking about, Brian. Okay. Finish that sentence. Um, hmm. Let's see here. So, hmm. So I want to make sure I'm doing this right, Chase. So give me give me an example for one that you've done. So to make sure I get this right. So like, of course not. Like, of course not. But maybe the Falcons are better off just never passing the football ever again. Like, maybe it's just Bijan and the Wildcat from here on out. Like, one of those where you're like, they're not going to do this. But, like, this is something that I would like to see. This is something that I, I, I can't help but think about with this team. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, let's see here. I've got a couple ideas. Um, hmm. You know what? Okay. I'm going to save one because I, I, I'll, I'll do... I'll, I've got this one because this is one I've been pretty laughing about a little bit of course not you know i I, but maybe i might be turning around on the gus nyquist signing i I might be i might be turning around on the the gus nyquist signing and and whatever i might have said positive before it's probably it's not at the level at which i've i felt pretty comfortable you know how he's played so far i mean he surprised me my concern so far i mean again there's always room to grow but yeah yeah, I think I think maybe 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 Gus might stick around. Maybe maybe. Okay, Jeff Middleton. Of course not, but maybe. Hmm. I don't know. This is a hard one. Um. I mean, the easy ones, of course not, but maybe they don't play Luke Shen for the rest of the year. <laughs> 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 um. um That's a good one for that. this this uh, segment, though. Of course, they're of not going to do that. But maybe no, they like, should yeah. just not play Luke Shin for the rest of the year. But I mean, like, I, of course not. Tommy Novak scores forty goals, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I was. I think one might be. Of course not. But maybe they play Philip Tomasino on the first power play unit. <laughs> I feel like that would be. I don't know. They you want to give him an opportunity? There it is. If it doesn't work okay but mm. man that would be that would be something they're not going to do it for sure they're not going to do it yeah but just because of you know that first power play unit is gelling really well but i think it would be a fun experiment especially if you know you get into a part of the season and things aren't 
again, like you said earlier, what do you have to lose? Like, you want this guy, you want this guy to be given some opportunities. There you go, first power play in it. But yeah, that's those are the those are the those are the two that kind of popped into my head. Or maybe you know, of course not, but maybe they keep Dante Fabro in the lineup for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, uh, that just ruined Brian's night. Yeah, he's got that goal. He's got a goal yeah, tonight. Good man, he's got look that good. goal. Good he got that him. goal in him. He's got that goal. <laughs> oh, I like it. And I love this. Is the first Preds pod I think we've ever done where UC Saros did not make an appearance. Like we didn't. We just I was going to say something, but I did. Hey, but you know what? No, he mm-hmm. earned his first day off of the season tonight. He Let's got not it. Talk about he did. him. Yeah, he did. No UC Soros in this program for once. So there you go. Maybe that means he's getting traded this week. Uh, Brian Baston, what can the good folks? <laughs> what can the good folks check out from you from on the forecheck.com this week? Well, a couple of things you can look at. Um, you can watch out. We'll have this this uh, this what eleven day road trip. So we'll be providing coverage for that. Um, if something gets announced about somebody getting traded in the near future because of this podcast, I will be outside <laughs> of Chase's house mm-hmm. um, with flaming. You know, and it's Halloween still, a spooky season. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye out. You know, the, the network, uh, for hockey fans network has been really pushing everything. We've got everybody launched it. You know, the sites are looking much better and, and really great stuff. We had a round table talking about, um, about the, the the old gambling scandal that we just had fairly recently with a 41 game ban. And so a, a handful of us from the different, uh, different sites all weighed in on that. So that's, that's more of the kind of thing you'll get to see is some, you know, roundtables from everybody, you know, people covering all over the league. So, you know, make sure you're giving them a follow. And of course, back in the saddle with Charlie, as I always am. So you'll see me renegades a puck. And uh, yeah, and also probably not wearing a costume next time, but I can't make any promises. And then, Jeff, when you're not uh, making your display name uh, Luke Shin on your FanDuel daily bets, uh, <laughs> what what can the good folks check out from you across the Internet this week? Um, Yeah, a lot of things. Uh Lots of flame stuff. They're kind of a hot mess, literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said earlier in this podcast, they're they're not doing all that hot, literally. And uh, <laughs> so you know, you lots can do of... a whole article on this. You're just gonna find different ways to <laughs> just yeah. Yeah, talking about that it. before the season with uh, Jess Belmosto about you know it it looked like it was two different ways that you can go down go undergo a rebuild, and I think that's yep. they're going two separate directions. <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. Um, it's yeah, they're they're not looking great and i think there's some big problems that they need to address i think that they're not as bad as the results will sh- will show but there's you know as the, the i think their analytics aren't you know they aren't like horrendous but they they still have some major problems um so just kind of looking at that watching unfortunately watching some of their games <laughs> um if they're not at you know 10 p.m and finishing at 1 a.m my time um stuff for uh you know, some pinstripe alley stuff here and there. Baseball offseason, World Series is happening right now. Um, and then some stuff for uh, the Miami newspaper here about the hockey team and little little ranking of the NCHC hockey jerseys. So that'll, that'll be go. happening. Miami, go Red Hawks. Red Hawks are off yeah, to also all games start. now. You're doing it's all kinds of If stuff, you man. haven't, if listener, please tune in because you'll get to hear the dulcet tones of Jeff, my my boy. <laughs> uh yeah i say my boys if i have any any you know responsibility over this but yeah i mean he's calling games now make sure you listen i've I've gotten to catch it the catch about a period or so of a couple of them now and you're, you're killing it. i didn't want to tell you but thank you you're doing a good job so also, sure i don't mean this disrespectfully but the miami red hawks have a really nice 
uh, hockey arena. And I'm just thinking here, I'm like, is it mean more in Maction country? Like, I don't understand why Miami's got a good, good hockey arena on campus. It's on campus, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hmm. I play I play intramural games there. It's like it's better than the Gladiators, folks, by the way, who's an ECH team. And I've been to many of those games. And I was like, oh, this is. Yeah, I know. It's time for you to to get back in on your scouting game and get out there. We've got that's part of our December. I'm going. I can't wait to be on the scouting. I who's the best? Who's the most likely best player I could see on uh, the Gladiators? Who's in the Pred system right now? Oh gosh, there's plenty. There's plenty of. I mean, you can go see Luke Prokop, I believe. Is, is okay. he? Didn't he down to the ECHL? Uh, he might be. Jeff? I believe so. Um, let's he see. I'm trying be. to think. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. I don't know. It's it's actually nice to have them to have an ECH, ECH, ECHL team, even though I cannot pronounce it. Uh, it's, to say it's, it's been nice because they're not they're not going around to you know random different teams that they can find and I don't know I'm 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 really you know excited to see how that turns out I think Jack Matier as yeah, well Luke Prokop Jack uh, Matier uh, Nolan Burke okay mm-hmm. yeah so go. yeah there's there's plenty there and I like they've been doing pretty well too but before we go Chase and I know we need to yes. sign off here I did want to tell you something interesting because it wouldn't be a podcast with me if I wasn't you know trying to teach you guys something but uh-huh. did you know actually why pirates uh have oh, eye no. patches uh, I'm dead serious no 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 this is really cool I learned why? this tonight Jeff don't fall no for this. serious you you guess Jeff don't do this why Chase I ha- Chase I have to oh no Jeff they, don't they, get... they couldn't they... no 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 it's it has to do with you know they just couldn't afford an iPad so there you go uh, uh. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> Brian Baston, Jeff Middleton always a pleasure, I'll talk to y'all next week nicely done nephew Chase Thomas podcast, hell yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 